Chapter Forty Six of A House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefano. Chapter Forty Six. The Closet Scene, with a part of Polonius omitted. When Magnolia and the major had gone out each on their several devices poor mrs mcnamara called biddy their maid and told her in a vehement wheezy confidential whisper in her ear though there was nobody by but themselves and the door was shut biddy now mind you see the lady that came to me in the end of july do you remember in the black satin you know she'll be here to-day and we're going down together in her coach to Mrs. Nutter's. But that does not signify. As soon as she comes, bring her in here into this room, do you mind? And go across that instant minute, you see now, straight to Dr. Toole, and ask him to send me the peppermint drops he promised me. Then she cross-questioned Biddy to ascertain that she perfectly understood and clearly remembered and finally she promised her half a crown if she performed this very simple commission to her mistress's satisfaction and held her tongue religiously on the subject she had a prize tool the evening before and now poor mrs mac's sufferings she hoped were about to be brought to a happy termination by the doctor's ingenuity she was however very nervous indeed as the crisis approached for such a beast as mary matchwell at bay was a spectacle to excite a little tremor even in a person of more nerve than fat mrs mcnamara and what could mary matchwell want of a conjuring conference of all persons in the world with poor little mrs nutter mrs mac had done in this respect simply as she was bid she had indeed no difficulty to persuade mrs nutter to grant the interview that harmless little giggling creature could not resist the mere mention of a fortune-teller only for nutter who set his face against this sort of sham witchcraft she would certainly have asked him to treat her with a glimpse into futurity at that famous sibyl's house and now that she had an opportunity of having the enchantress tete-a-tete in her own snug parlour at the mills she was in a delightful fuss of mystery and delight mrs mac indeed from her own sad experience felt a misgiving and a pang in introducing the formidable prophetess but what could she do she dared not refuse all she could risk was an anxious hint to poor little mrs nutter not to be telling her anything good bad or indifferent but just to ask her what questions she liked and no more indeed poor mrs mac was low and feverish about this assignation and would have been more so but for the hope that her polonius behind the heiress would bring the woman of endor to her knees all of a sudden she heard the rumble and jingle of a hackney coach and the clang of the horse's hoofs pulled up close under her window her heart bounded and fluttered up to her mouth and then dropped down 
like a lump of lead and she heard a well-known voice talk a few sentences to the coachman and then in the hall as she supposed to biddy and so she came into the room dressed as usual in black tall thin and erect with a black hood shading her pale face and the mist and chill of night seemed to enter along with her it was a great relief to poor mrs mack that she actually saw biddy at that moment run across the street toward tool's hall door and she quickly averted her conscious glance from the light-heeled handmaid pray take a chair mom said mrs mack with a pallid face and a low curtsy mistress matchwell made a faint curtsy in return and without saying anything sat down and peered sharply round the room i'm glad mom you had no dust today the rain mom laid it beautiful the grim woman in black threw back her hood a little and showed her pale face and thin lips and prominent black eyes altogether a grisly and intimidating countenance with something wild and suspicious in it suiting by no means ill with her supernatural and malign pretensions mrs mack's ear was strained to catch the sound of tool's approach and a pause ensued during which she got up and poured out a glass of port for the lady and she presented it to her deferentially she took it with a nod and sipped it thinking as it seemed uneasily there was plainly something more than usual about her mind mrs mack thought indeed she was quite sure she heard a little fussing about the bedroom door and concluded that the doctor was getting under cover when mrs matchwell had set her empty glass upon the table she glided to the window and mrs mack's guilty conscience smote her as she saw her look towards tool's house it was only however for the coach and having satisfied herself it was at hand she said we'll have some minutes quite private if you please tisn't my affair you know but yours said the weird woman there had been ample time for the arrangement of tool's ambuscade now was the moment the crisis was upon her but poor mrs mack just as she was about to say her little say about the front windows and opposite neighbors and the privacy of the back bedroom and to propose their retiring thither felt a sinking of the heart a deadly faintness and an instinctive conviction that she was altogether overmatched and that she could not hope to play successfully any sort of devil's game with that all-seeing sorceress she had always thought she was a plucky woman till she met mistress mary before her her spirit died within her her blood flowed hurriedly back to her heart leaving her body cold pale and damp and her soul quailing under her gaze she cleared her throat twice and faltered in inquiry but broke down in panic and at that moment biddy popped in her head the doctor mom was sent for to lucan and he won't be back till six o'clock and he left no peppermint drops for you mom and you want me if you please mom go down biddy that'll do said mrs mack growing first pale and then very red 
Mary Matchwell scented death afar off. For her, the air was always tainted with ominous perfumes. Every unusual look or dubious word thrilled her with a sense of danger. Suspicion is the baleful instinct of self-preservation with which the devil gifts his children, and hers never slept. What doctor? said Mrs. Matchwell, turning her large, dismal, wicked gaze full on Mrs. Mack. Dr. Toole, ma'am. She dared not tell a literal lie to that piercing, prominent pair of black eyes. And why did you send for Dr. O'Toole, ma'am? I did not send for the doctor, answered the fat lady, looking down, for she could not stand that glance that seemed to light up all the caverns of her poor soul, and made her lies stand forth self-confessed. I did not send for him, ma'am, only for some drops he promised me. I've been very sick. I, I, I'm so miserable. And poor Mrs. Mack's nether lip quivered, and she burst into tears. You're enough to provoke a saint, Mrs. McNamara, said the woman in black, rather savagely, though coldly enough. Why, you're on the point of a fortune, as it seems to me. Here poor Mrs. Max, in articulate lamentations, waxed more vehement. You don't believe it? Very well. But where's the use of crying over your little difficulties, Mom? Like a great baby, instead of exerting yourself and thanking your best friend. And the two ladies sat down to a murmuring tete a tete at the far end of the room. You could have heard little more than an inarticulate cooing and poor Mrs. Mack's sobs, and the stern, and is that all? I've had more trouble with you than with fifty reasonable clients. You can hardly be serious. I tell you plainly, you must manage matters better, my good madam, for frankly, ma'am, this won't do. With which that part of the conference closed, and Mary Matchwell looked out of the window. The coach stood at the door, the horses dozing patiently with their heads together, and the coachman, with a black eye, mellowing into the yellow stage, and a cut across his nose, both doing well, was marching across from the public house over the way, wiping his mouth in the cuff of his coat. Put on your riding hood, if you please, madam and come down with me in the coach to introduce me to Mrs. Nutter, said Mrs. Matchwell, at the same time tapping with her long bony fingers to the driver. There's no need of that, madam. I said what you desired, and I sent a note to her last night, and she expects you just now. And, indeed, I'd rather not go, madam, if you please. Tis past that now, just do as I tell you, for come you must, answered Mrs. Matchwell. As the old woman of Berkeley obeyed, and got up and went quietly away with her visitor, though her dead flesh quivered with fear, so poor Mrs. Mack, though loath enough, submitted in silence. Now you look like a body going to be hanged, you do. What's the matter with you, madam? I tell you, you mustn't look that way. Here, take a sup of this, 
and she presented the muzzle of a small bottle like a pistol at her mouth as she spoke there's a glass on the table if you let me mom said mrs mac glass be damned here take a mouthful and she popped it between her lips and mrs mac was refreshed and her spirit revived within her end of chapter forty six recording by john brandon